welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, shut up. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my word. Honestly, I just start out every show just blushing. You do. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> hey, we ought to say right away, look, most people that, um, you know, listen to our podcast, they don't listen to it live. Although right. they can. They can. You can listen to it on Facebook. Which, JerrySpringer.com or Facebook or Live. Or Facebook Live. Or Facebook Live. If, if they go to our Jerry Springer Facebook page and like it, then it'll yeah. come to them. But go ahead with Super. your point. Super. Okay. So uh, you can listen to it live. And today, as we're doing it live, it is Wednesday, November 2nd. So it is six days before the election. When this gets up on our uh, archives website. Uh, Yeah. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, it'll be the actual election day. So obviously, some of the whatever we say today, we're saying before we know what the outcome of the election is. So uh, when you see this, we're either be back here or we'll be in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> or boarding Jerry's uh, yeah. plane to go yeah. to Canada. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll hey, be it, the best way you'll know what pro- happened with the election. He promised Gene and I a spot on that plane. Well, so. no, no, watch how this works. Okay, so if, if Trump wins and we all go to Canada... Bite your tongue. Will, <laughs> will the, we, May, Megan, and I, and our extended families, because we have to... This is like the Russian Revolution. We have yes. to take our families with us because oh. they're going to hurt our families. We know? have extra security because people will be storming my plane trying exactly. to get on. That's true. May we please ride... Because we've never... I've never been on your plane. She's never been anywhere near your plane. I saw nope. it once from a distance <laughs> looking through a chain-link fence It'll at an airport. It'll take more than a Trump victory to change that. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, Megan, that's what I was thinking. Wow. No, wow, I'm on though, right, Jerry? Oh, Megan, you're coming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Gene, take well, the Ludlow City bus. Yeah. <laughs> it goes right to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, it's not well, the play, only Jerry. way you're hurting me. So I get oh, this. I don't mean to hurt I you. I get this uh, yeah. call from corporate. I've been getting emails now that now there was oh, a call, sh- and it was an extended conversation, and I probably said three words. Hello, goodbye, and and maybe two more. I'm sorry. They keep calling you? They have said to me, Hmm. I'm going to sort of give them close, this is close to a direct quote. You are the producer of the Jerry Springer podcast. And I'm all proud of that. Yes, I am the producer. You are responsible for the fact that Jerry has been telling ongoing an offensive joke and he won't stop. They now say to me, Every time he tells the joke, and you know the joke I'm talking about, I'll identify it as the hearing aid joke, they will dock my pay $500. That's a year's pay. That's a year's pay. (laughs) They're going to make you work a whole year. I beseech you, don't tell the joke. Just for the good of humanity, can we knock it off with the joke? Hi. I hate you. You can come in. Yeah. No. That's the that fellow who's in the back? Yeah, he was standing I, outside. I, he's an elderly man. He's an elderly so man. So much. <laughs> and speaking of hearing aids, uh, this was serious. He's, he's an elderly gentleman. You can have a seat. And he's wearing his hearing aid, and he's 
and he's telling me, I would have him come up here and talk about it, but he's telling me this is the finest hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. Ha, thank you, audience! We were very close to not one person laugh. I paid everyone in this room to not laugh. (laughs) That's the first time you heard this. And that's why he's not laughing. Any laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very disappointing. Well, I gotta dial up that twinge. That was the Mm. best reaction this audience has ever had to that awful joke. See, now maybe you learn your lesson. I should tell the people listening there really wasn't silence, but the sound system went off for a second. You are at, he's he's not, nope, he's lying. (laughs) No one laughs. If we can get these mics working, that would be better. You know, you know my brother, Jerry. You know my brother, Jerry. I do know Jerry. Megan, you know my brother, oh, Jerry. Oh, very well. Lovely and man. my brother has a son, Joe. Yes. And Jerry knows Joe. It's my nephew, Joe. And let's give him a round of applause. He's a police officer. Mm. And so we thank him for his service. And, you make um, me regret clapping for him. He went on what they call a run the other day. And he told me about this. And he gets there, and it's a domestic violence situation. Mm. Those are always bad to walk into. Sure. And he goes in there and... Uh, a, this is like incredible, but a woman shot and killed her husband with a gun because the husband had walked on a floor that she had just mopped. And my nephew... <laughs> How does okay. this become no. a joke? I, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering well, where he was going well, with the Jerry. <laughs> Well, let's see. It's horrible. Let's, let's find out, shall we? Shot, Go, Gene. <laughs> shot dead. For walking on the floor. Yeah. Okay. It had been just mopped. And he called his captain, and his captain said, well, have you uh, arrested her? And he said, no, the floor's still wet. <laughs> see. Nope. Nope. Y'all are encouraging him still. Doesn't need laughter. He's got tears in his eyes. He can't keep it back. Not just drinking. Water makes me tear. That wasn't bad. Yes. Megan, look at this. Hey, Gene, what? This is another CD. I saw that before the show. And and, and, uh, thank you to Joe Richard, who's one of our great fans. He's here regularly. And Joe bought this at a uh, flea market. I told him. The Jerry Springer flea market. Now, none of these folks in the (laughs) The audience. Jerry Springer flea market. Is on mic. So I'm going to ask Joe, and I'll relay it. What'd you pay, Joe? Five American. Five bucks. That's way more than I would have thought. Five bucks for I, this. They should have handed him this five bucks. This is. He's got ten songs, twelve songs. Oh yeah, he's got Doctor Talk on it. Yeah. But this is a different CD. We yeah. played a CD. I don't know, two or three weeks ago in an episode. You know, two or three or this four episodes. This could have been nineteen ninety six, maybe. It's a heck of a hair do you have going on there, sir? Yeah. Yeah, this is pathetic. So we will, uh, <laughs> David. I'm going to pass this over to David Proust after the show to our uh, technical producer. Oh yeah. To see if we could hear uh, maybe in next. This week, is a stocking stuffer for Christmas. I might tell you. And uh, what you can use it for, you know how sometimes you have a wobbly table in the kitchen? Mm -hmm. If you place this under the shortest leg, it'll stabilize your table. So be sure, ask mom to get you one of these for Christmas. They also make great Frisbees. (laughs) It's fun for the whole family. Hey, Jerry, you you have been doing uh, The Price is Right. You do the traveling show, do you not? uh, Right, the live show of The Price is Right, and we do it cross-country at casinos and theaters around the country, and I've been doing that for a few years. That's yeah. fun. And you, you recently did, a, did a, a stint, so to speak. You were out yeah, in we some did, cities. Yeah, um, for several weeks in a row, we did uh, 
Norfolk, Virginia, Wilmington, Delaware, uh, Morristown, New Jersey. Then we went to Vermont, uh, Burlington, Vermont, and Lowell, Massachusetts. So it's neat. You get to really see America doing this show. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to do. Oh, I did something nice on the show. Really? Well, you know, on my regular show, we're always breaking people up. It's horrible. <laughs> and, but on, on Price is Right, we had this young guy come up. He was playing one of the ge- uh, games. And, you know, when people come up, I'm always joking with them and I'm asking questions, you know. And he was a young guy. I guess he was a college kid or whatever. And I said, uh, you know, do you have a girlfriend? And uh, he said, yeah. I said, well, how long... You've been going with her. And he said, five years. I said, five years? Holy cow. I said, what are you waiting for? So the crowd gets all... I said, is she here? Yeah, she's out there in the audience. I said, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. And this is true. This is not... I'm not telling a joke now. So... Yeah. Thank you for the, You all look so that. scared. Don't worry. It won't be one of my jokes. You're all safe. This audience can come back whenever they want. So, so she stood up. Everybody cheered. And I said, come up here. And I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I said to the guy, if you win this game, I think it was uh, Cliffhanger. Oh, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one with the yodeler. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's good yeah. stuff. Johan, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you win this game, she, you are going to get down on one knee on this stage and ask her to marry you. Oh, man. The crowd goes crazy. What if he didn't want that? What was, are you doing? He was really shaking. I bet. He was, yeah. He's thinking, Yeah. Not and all intrusive. God bless him. He won the game. Wow. I thought on the last item he was going to price it way off <laughs> because he didn't, yeah. you know? How much is that soap? $700. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for bars of soap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he asked, her, uh, he asked her to get married Aww. right there. See, I bring people together. But what if you just put them in an awkward spot? She had to say yes, and now you've made their lives miserable. No, I whispered to her. When he asks you, say no. <laughs> That's I'm really always cute. looking for that great moment. <laughs> Bringing people together. That's what he's right. all about. That would have been a great one. Hey, let me just say one other thing. <laughs> yeah. Because we said in the very beginning of the show that uh, this is on, we're, we're doing this on Wednesday, November 2nd, which is five days before the election. But also, you will know when you listen to this that Wednesday, November 2nd was the seventh game of the World Series between, you know, the, the Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. Yep. Which is a great moment for baseball. Everyone knows the story. The Cubs haven't won a World Series since 1908, which means that there's not a single human being on the planet Earth that saw the Cubs win a World Series. Wow. <laughs> not a single human being. Because even you would have to be... Well, it's 108 years ago, but you'd have to be five to remember. So you'd have to be 113 wow. to have seen it. Now, let's say there are a few people in the world that are 113. Back then, they didn't have radio or television. So you would have had to be at the game. What are the odds that someone at that game in 1908... Uh, you know, is still alive. So therefore, no one has ever seen the Cubs win a World Series. And that's kind of, and Cleveland hasn't won the World Series since 1948. However, here at the political implications of this World Series, I looked it up. Every time the World Series goes seven games in a presidential election, there is a pattern. When the American League team wins, the Republicans win the presidency. When the National League team wins, the Democrat 
wins the presidency. I looked up the last several times the World Series went seven games, and these are the ones I remember. In 1952, the Yankees beat the Dodgers, Eisenhower elected. 1956, the Yankees again beat the Dodgers in seven games, Eisenhower elected. 1960, and I hated this, but the Pirates beat the Yankees in the World Series, John Kennedy's elected. 1964, uh, the Cards beat the Yankees, and Lyndon Johnson's elected the Democrats. See, when the National League team wins, and then the last two, in 68, the Tigers um, beat the Cardinals, so American League team, Nixon wins, and in 1972, the Oakland A's uh, won, and once again, American League, Nixon wins. Therefore, we don't know what happened, but if, if the Cubs don't win, we've got Trump. And Cleveland has two victories, like two national titles in Cleveland. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. for Cleveland. Cause I'm yeah, I know. Well, we're Buckeyes. I totally get it. Yeah. But um, I'm just saying I'm it now. has implications. It's going to be interesting when people ultimately listen to this, whether that is still it's or, interesting. Uh, remains Where did you true. find that's an interesting fact? I have a lot of time on my hands. Clearly. <laughs> That is a, that's an interesting factoid. You're yes. a weird man. Speaking yeah. of Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's new? Speaking of Trump, I'm a cyclist, so I did this bike ride last week. And uh, there's a trail called the Ohio to Erie Trail. So we're talking bicycles, not motorcycles. And so this Ohio to Erie Trail goes from the Ohio River to Lake Erie, and it goes through Cincinnati, Columbus, Akron, Cleveland. But most of it, 70% of it's on bike trail. So... In a town near Columbus, I won't name the town, in a beautiful rural town, kind of reminded you, if you're old enough to remember, leave it to Beaver. It was one of those kinds of towns, picket fences. And uh, I prearranged to stay on that night at a B&B. And the riders, everybody had a room. We got there, sight unseen. Place was spectacular. Big old brick Victorian house and beautifully kept. And right in the front, Jerry and Megan, was a big old Trump sign. Oh. Mm. And like, yeah, I'm telling you. And, you know, my <laughs> wife had a business for years. Yeah. And she had a dance studio. And she was on prime thoroughfare. And people who knew us knew that we were staunch Democrats. And everybody was begging her, can I put a sign up in the front of your business, in the yeah. yard in front of your business? She always politely said no. You just don't mix Nobody knew. She yeah. didn't care what your politics were. If your kid wanted to learn how to dance and you pay tuition, come on in. Exactly. And there's a big old Trump sign. I got to tell you, and, uh, at that point, there were three of us. At that point, one guy had ridden back, and there were two of us, both staunch Democrats. It's pouring down rain. It rained for two days. You're You're riding in the commitment. rain. Oh, did you want to be dry, or did you want to be Stay in the Trump to house. your values? I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you i'm staring you at that came sign. in out of the ring yes. he <laughs> stayed at the tears spoil we'll alert stay at the she trump went inside. place because it's got a roof <laughs> yeah. if it was trump tower would you have gone in absolutely it's raining really hard. <laughs> <laughs> really, really hard so we go in i said i said to my buddy i said look on uh, tomorrow morning at breakfast because the woman that owns it yeah. she she dealt with us and she was going to do breakfast the next day i said when you're done with breakfast just sort of slide back back up to your room pack up your gear because I'm going to have a chat with her. And you're going to want to get out quickly. <laughs> well, I did. You know what? It was more I didn't want to disrespect her unnecessarily. Right. This conversation needed to be between two people, not with an A group dynamic, yeah. So he did that, finished. It was a great breakfast, too, by the way. 
Trump people eat well. Because yeah. <laughs> you're suffering, Jer. <laughs> we had a conversation, and it went, I said, you know, so she doesn't know my politics. Yeah. So I said, so you got this Trump sign out front. And then she paused and looked at me like, oh, oh this crap. could be trouble. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is the first time or the 10th time or whatever. And I said, um, I'm really, really, really for Hillary. And I said, and we're going to whip your ass anyway. I said that to her. Yeah. But set that aside. So I said, I'll call you if you want on November 10th, 9th, 9th. I'll call you. Uh, thank you, because I was going to go on the 9th. Thanks a lot. So uh, <laughs> I'll call you if you want to have a chat. But no, no, no. And I said, why are you doing this? And uh, she said she calculated, and the town was full of Trump signs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if it was Jeb Bush, there might have been double or triple the signs, because I don't see as many Trump signs mm. as otherwise, because he's a freaking idiot. And if it was a normal <laughs> candidate, it would be deluged. Right. Uh, but anyway, it, it ended with, um, we just had a conversation about uh, why do you do this? And uh, she was kind of embarrassed. I don't know that she's ever been confronted, but I will say we just shouldn't do that. We should not, in a business, put up signs that are that partisan on either side of the aisle. Wouldn't you agree? I, I just don't yeah. think in a business you should do that. Yeah, I mean, it, your, doesn't make, it doesn't make... You want customers? Yeah, it doesn't make I mean, any business. You, because the truth is, I just know what I'm like, and I'm not necessarily proud of this particular fact, but I just know how upset I'm getting in these last few weeks that I honestly wouldn't stay there. I just yeah. know me. You know, yeah. I'm, I, you would have gotten on your bike in the rain. <laughs> First of all, would you no, be out there I, in the rain? No, I would have gotten back in the limo. <laughs> and uh, and as with the, driver, the bike and the rack and on gave, the back Could of you the limo. turn the wipers on, please? <laughs> well, I have to pick up the phone so the driver in the front can hear it. Uh, <laughs> the struggle is real for you, Jerry. Yeah. The struggle yeah, is right. real. Struggle yeah. is real. <laughs> I know this is terrible to say. I mean, because it's, it's not rational. I'm sure a couple of weeks after the election, I'll calm down and everything. But I really do have trouble with Trump supporters, particularly those who I believe should know better. Who should know better. I mean, I can understand if someone doesn't like Hillary Clinton. Okay, that's... An honest political debate, is she too liberal, is she, uh, you know, whatever. We can have differences on that. But it's not like we don't know what Trump believes in just terms of being a human being. When Obama says on the ballot is not Trump, but it's decency, it's, yep. we know what he thinks about African Americans, Hispanics, women, etc. If you know that's what he's like, what kind of an excuse can you possibly make to say, well, I'm still going to vote for him? And, and, and I just think, and I say this to family members, so I'm not hiding behind it. I just think, you know, when Hillary said these people are deplorable, they're not deplorable. But supporting Trump is deplorable if you have the values that this should not be what America stands for. The president of the United States should not be someone who totally disrespects women, people of color, people of different nationalities. It's like, oh, God, that's awful. You know, you'd be embarrassed to tell your mother that you believed things like that. And that's why I get so worked up about the Trump thing. I never felt like this when Obama was running against Romney. I never felt like this with Bush. I was really angry about the war, but I don't ever remember... We were doing the radio show, yep. 
And and I remember always being kind of nice to Bush, even yeah. though I really agree, disagreed with yeah. him on the war. I hated his position on the yeah. war, but I never thought he was a bad human being. Yeah. And the radio show was Springer on the radio, part of Air America a few yeah. years back. Hey, by the way, yeah. Facebook, and this relates a little bit to having a political sign in front of your business. I, I hate uh, dealing with politics on Facebook mm. or other social media. Well, Twitter... I don't know. But, uh, it just annoys yeah. me. So uh, there's somebody, and, and I just cut this person off. They're gone. But started to run this rant about Catholics for Trump. And they don't say anything good about Trump. They say stuff about Hillary. How dare you vote for Hillary if you're a I happen to be Roman Catholic, raised Roman Catholic. Uh, Megan was, too. And, and Jerry, we are pulling for you to get into heaven. I <laughs> I swear to God, I'll vouch. No, I don't know if I'll vouch I, for you. I, you should hope I, I get into heaven because if I get into heaven, you're all going. It's very yeah. true. <laughs> Pray if, for me. But, <laughs> that's true. But how could how could you be a religious person, whether it's evangelical, Catholic, whatever, Presbyterian? I don't right. care what it is, and be for a guy that behaves the way he behaves in pretty much real time. I mean, it's not that far back. The tape yeah. we saw... It's not, gee, I made a mistake in Bush. Like, it's that this is what it, he currently it, believes, yeah, I mean, the, the acts. It, it's what he believes. It's the way he's behaved. It's how he deals with women, the things that he says. I just don't get it. Anyway, you know, it makes me think of uh, when you die, since you brought up uh, dying and going to heaven, what should be on your tombstone? Because oh, I've already very, decided. Oh, have you? What do what, you think should be on your tombstone? Oh, yeah, because, you know, we're getting close. Uh, <laughs> no, what, what I want to do, and maybe it's the showbiz in me, but <laughs> I want to have, you know, my gravestone will be, let's say, here, and then I want it surrounded by a row of bleachers on each side. style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on top of the tombstone should be a TV screen that will show all my shows nonstop because it's a big loop. We have five loop. a loop the shows. We have five thousand shows over the oh years. So just keep so you know how kids go to cemeteries on Friday nights. Yeah. So it's a place to hang out is when we a, were kids. That, wait, wait, is that no, a no. thing? <laughs> wait, what? what? <laughs> hold up. Well, well in New York. York. <laughs> well, if you wanted, a, if you wanted, a, you like know, go make out or something. Yeah, with yeah, you go, you go to find a dark. Place you've never been to a cemetery to do. That. Absolutely, well, no. you never parked with anybody yeah. all through high school no. or college. No, no but, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, sometimes kids would hang out. Today they probably hang out to you know smoke weed. Yeah. But anyway, so well, the kids check that. Nice you never Friday. smoked any weed at a cemetery. I didn't. No, of course Actually, not. I've never smoked weed in a cemetery. What kind of person are you? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. I was asking. I don't know. Anyway, you're yeah. there. Dear God. So, uh, <laughs> well, at cremations, you can. Because <laughs> they light it up. Because so, they, they light it up. So, anyway, so it would be four rows of bleachers in an amphitheater kind of environment. <laughs> A screen on top where they run the show, and then on my tombstone it would simply say, "I won't be right back." I like. That. I think I think it should be much simpler. I, like I think it should just be a big old it's square headstone that says, "My bad." And I like Jerry that too, Man. Yeah. I like that <laughs> too, Man. Yeah. That's good. My bad. So, that's, <laughs> yeah. so when we go around, because we're looking for a place. You know, when we, you know, you get to be in your seventies, you start. Wait, looking you're looking for a, for a place. You're looking for a plot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So That's you heavy. haven't found a plot yet? No. I'm, I'm not. Well, there'll be no plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. 
So, <laughs> well, this is a happy discussion. I know this yeah. is the, <laughs> So, but, what'd you do this weekend? Shopped for plots? <laughs> oh, Mickey and I have gone, but the thing, every time I explain what I want to do to the owners of the cemetery, they discourage me from coming there. Yeah, please, we don't, yeah, we're, we're all, we're There booked. goes the neighborhood. Yeah, we're booked. We're booked. <laughs> now, I've already talked with Catfish, what, what I'm doing, because my time is near, too, is I'm going, <laughs> this is really good. No, no. So what I'm thinking is... Can you is, carry the show on your own? <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I'm going to be cremated, and Kat has oh. agreed to take a little pinch and put it into each coffee cup <laughs> for as long, as long as it lasts. Nobody will know. Oh, <laughs> He's not dead yet. You're okay. Oh, He's not dead yeah. yet. Fooey. The day he dies, though, sir, your business no more is coffee. gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of death and stuff, um, King of segways. King of segways. <laughs> this, uh, just a few days ago, FBI Director Comey mm. made an announcement that he wasn't quite done yet looking into the email situation of Hillary Clinton, and it has to do with Anthony Weiner's shared computer with uh, Hillary's chief aide. Yeah. But what, what's your take? I mean, look, let me just ask you this straight-up question. Is Hillary going to win five days from now? In light of all this, what, what's going on, Jerry? Uh, I still think Hillary wins. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying this could be a landslide. I'm, I don't believe that now. Um, I think she, I think she winds up winning. Of course, when you're listening to this, it may turn out that I was totally wrong. But even if she wins, what happened last Friday with the director of the uh, FBI? Uh, James Comey, was really the, it was the greatest, not dereliction of duty, it was the greatest abuse of police power uh, in an election in our country, and as long as I can remember. I mean, this is, you know, the FBI is our state police, Right. It's chief law enforcement officer of the United States. I mean, it's a scary thing. It's serious business. And for him, 11 days prior to the election, to send a letter of no conclusions, just innuendo, that would have an effect on the election is just totally inexcusable for which there is no remedy. Oh, we could ultimately punish him. Maybe he'll have to resign, you know, as soon as the election's over, there'll be pressure for him to leave or whatever. But it's too late because he's already poisoned the, the voting pool. I, I don't know by the time you listen to this, Hillary might have won anyway. But it clearly affects some people. Now, when I say what he did was an abuse of power. Think, think of all the things, and we'll go through the process of what he did. First of all, understand how the system works. The FBI investigates, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Their job is in secret, in privacy, out of the public eye, to investigate any information they get that could result in a crime. They ought to investigate it. When they reach a conclusion, there are only two conclusions they can reach. Either there's no grounds for a prosecution 
or they believe they have evidence to get an indictment. Now, if they believe they have evidence that would support an indictment, they still don't make an announcement. They then go to the Justice Department, and the Justice Department, this is how, by the way, it's at the state level, the same thing. You know, the investigators, the detectives, whatever, will go to the prosecutor. The prosecutor will make a decision about whether or not to bring it to a grand jury. So if Comey had evidence of a crime, he then goes to the Justice Department, presents it to the Justice Department once again in privacy, then the Justice Department makes a decision. The Justice Department might say, this is very good evidence, we'll bring it to a grand jury. Then the next step is the grand jury either decides to give an indictment or to dismiss it. If there's an indictment, that's when you have the first announcement of the commission of what the state believes is a crime, and ultimately, of course, a jury will determine guilt or innocence. That is the process. So even if there are no elections here, what Comey did is a violation of the whole system. Forget the fact that there's an election. He just never should do that anyway. So now he does this. The decision should be made whether or not there's going to be a trial. But here's where I think he has impugned the integrity of the whole FBI. And this was a man who had a reputation for integrity. Now, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but he's a bright guy. And I got to think, if he's not trying to do anything that's criminal, he's certainly doing something that's political. What is the evidence? Just let's go through the things that he's done. In September, he appeared before the Congress, after Hillary had testified. He appeared and said, the FBI has investigated and decided that no crime was committed. That is all he had to say. And then on his own, he offers an opinion. Even if asked, he should not have answered. When he gave an opinion saying she was very sloppy. It's not his business. That's a political judgment we the people will make as to whether or not she was a sloppy secretary of state or a good secretary of state. His only job is to decide whether or not a crime has been committed or his belief that a crime. And when he said there is no crime committed here, end of story. Keep your mouth shut about the rest of the stuff because we're 60 days before an election back then. We're not interested in your opinion. You are the chief law enforcement officer of the United States. You don't render an opinion on this. Now, that's the first bit of evidence that he's being political. Next thing. A few weeks ago, because of all the hacking that was going on of Democratic emails, etc., the government investigated and came out, I think it was about five weeks ago, with a determination that the hacking of the Democratic Party here in the United States was done by the Russians. And all the departments involved signed off on it. That's the conclusion they made. They didn't necessarily make the conclusion that they wanted Trump to win, but certainly enough to mess up this election and show the world that, you know, democracy doesn't work. The only department head 
that didn't sign that was Comey, the director of the FBI. And the reason he gave is it's only six weeks before an election, and I don't want to be political. <laughs> what? That was his stated reason, written reason. He didn't think the FBI should get involved this close to an election. That's a quote. Didn't think the FBI should be involved this close to an election. So he wouldn't sign the thing that they actually had evidence of, that our government believes that the Russians were behind the hacking. So you're starting to see, wait a second, does he have a political agenda? Why would he give a political opinion on her sloppiness two months ago, and then two or three weeks later say he doesn't want to get involved politically? Now we go to the third thing. This past Friday, if he didn't want to get political this close to an election, what did he think this letter did? And please understand what this letter said. This letter didn't say they have evidence of a crime. In fact, he hadn't even seen the emails on uh, Huma Abedin's server. Hadn't even seen the emails. So how does he know anything is bad about that? He hadn't seen it. And yet he sends the letter, raising all this question. Oh, there goes Hillary with the emails again. So he hadn't seen it. It looks like it could very well have just been copies of what the FBI already has. And she's obviously his, her main assistant, so she took him home to have him printed or whatever. But he hadn't even seen it. And the reason we know that is because he didn't get the subpoena until two days later, Sunday night. He sends the letter Friday afternoon saying these emails could be a crime. And then Sunday he gets a subpoena so he can look at the emails. So did he see the emails beforehand? That'll throw the case out of court because then he went in without a subpoena. It's an illegal search. So he had no authority to do that. I mean, he is screwing up everything on this. So now you have 11 days before the election sending a letter which, number one, says nothing about Hillary or what she may or may not have done. Two, he didn't see the emails. Three, he didn't yet have a subpoena for it. And four, knowing full well that there is no way on earth that all of this can be investigated by next Tuesday. So there is the, all you've done is by innuendo, given Trump, aha, add Hillary in the emails. It is a greatest abuse of the power of the state police, in this case, the federal, the FBI. I mean, how can you trust it if, if they do something like that? It is despicable. And one last thing that Gina and I were talking about coming in here this evening. I'm amazed by all this email stuff anyway, because if we step back, it doesn't make much sense. Because apparently, the only thing we get excited about is if whatever she said is in an email. Because, think about it, Uma Abedin is her assistant. She's in on every meeting. She talks to her every single day. Are you saying that every high government official from now on, we have to tape every conversation they have? You have to tape every telephone call they make. 
you have to tape every office they're in so we hear everything she says. Because if the crime is dispensing information to somebody uh, that shouldn't have it, then why is it only a crime if it's written down? Think about it. Why is it only a crime if it's in an email? Do you not think that world leaders, secretaries of state, ambassadors, have private meetings when they're talking about all kinds of things? When she's having a conversation with some ambassador, is she supposed to remember every single piece of information she ever received? And was it, did that piece of information happen to come on a piece of paper that had a C on it? I mean, are we, is this pure nonsense? We have created a political issue here because of new technology of emails that makes no sense. Can you imagine if we had this during World War II? Do you think that Franklin Roosevelt and Winston Churchill had no conversations of things that were kind of confidential? I mean, this is insane. And they're using this that she might have had it on her server or on her home computer. She happens to be married to someone that isn't a real nice guy, that wiener guy. Got it. But then let's say from now on, Anyone in a government, high government position may not have a spouse because even if Weena did nothing wrong ever, she sleeps with him. You don't think they're conversations at home? How was your day? Well, you know, don't tell anyone, but I just... Well, what are we thinking? These conversations don't take place. So we just got, we got to grow up. And let's be honest, this whole email thing is brought up by people that don't like Hillary Clinton. There is not one person in America that ever lost a night's sleep based on the fact that she used one server rather than another one. Let's be honest. Did you ever lose a night's sleep because you thought, oh my God, what if she used that server? <laughs> this whole issue is nonsense. All right. People should know, and many people do know, Springer is an attorney, an yeah. attorney by training, one of the top law schools in America, Northwestern Law. And it is interesting to me, Megan, maybe to you yeah. as well, to watch how he kind of analyzes. Can lay out one thing I notice, it's all written out on yellow legal pads. Right. So this goes back That's to That's how your, you become a lawyer. If you have yes. a yellow legal pad, And illegible handwriting. Yeah, you yeah. alone can read that handwriting. It right. is frightening. No one you, could ever get secrets from no. anything you wrote down. No, you could give that so to go. anybody. You learn that when you get married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a group. I want to call Can these guys <laughs> in called Lost Coast. So uh, do a song for us and then uh, tell us about it when you're done. Sure. Shakes through all the trees 
That's a song called Echoes, right? Yes, sir. By Josh Mudman, yes. uh, also known as Mud. And you did the second song as well called Silver Lining, yes, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, how long have you been writing music? Uh, it's been about 12, 13 years now, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And you guys formed how? Well, uh, Alan here and Howard on bass, we were in a band previous to this, Shoot Out the Lights. Okay. And when that band broke up, we had met up with Eric and we joined forces and created Lost Coast. Nice. Okay, do silver lining for sure. us. Thanks. This is Lost Coast. Well, I just want to be your silver lining. It's more to life than just surviving and getting by. I want you to see The sun is shining It's gonna take some designing To get it right Cheer up, darling Just give it a raise You gotta learn to get things off your chest You gotta learn to get things off your 
Real Lost quick Coast. question. Uh, so which one of you is Alan? That's me. That's you? You've yes. got some niece love on Facebook. She said oh, you're killing right. it. <laughs> Thank you, niece. Yep. Yep. You guys sound great. We're listening, Uncle Alan. So there you go. <laughs> All right, that's cool. That's great. All right, hey, can you take us out on Irene Goodnight and Jerry Springer will do the second verse with you? It'd be unbelievable. Right. It will be. It will be unbelievable. <laughs> you can take the whole thing if you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> Last Saturday night I got married. Me and my wife settled down. Now me and my wife have parted. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I live in the country. And sometimes I live in town Sometimes I take a great notion To jump in the river and drown Yeah.